have a mind to want to obey what the Word of God says. So if we allow the mind of Christ to be in us, then we will remain focused on our God-given purpose. How many know that's what it's about? We're not just here on this earth to party. We're not just here to have fun, but we can have fun. But we are here to fulfill the purpose for which God has for us. We need to know what our purpose is, and then we need to fulfill that purpose. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. And again, our title is Christ-Minded Ministers and the Mind that Leads to Destruction. If we will look at Philippians 2 and 5, that is our theme scripture for this year, and it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So God gave us a mind, which is a way for us to receive information, for a way for us to understand it, to analyze the information that we receive. And we know we're created in the image of God, which is so amazing in itself. That's the only reason that man is as smart as they are. And, that, and, and we know as much as we do, it's because of God. And he created us as intelligent beings that he could communicate to. And in turn, we could create words to talk back to him. So our mind is loaded. It's loaded with thoughts, opinions, ideas, emotions, and understanding and many, many other things, just to name a few. God knew that there would be all kinds of thoughts that would enter our minds and that many distractions would come. All with the intention, the, the distractions were coming with the intention of stopping us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. So all thoughts don't just enter our mind and leave. And I don't know about you, but I've had thoughts that were in my mind. And you, have you ever wrestled with thoughts? Have you ever, you know, thoughts come to you? I have had some that were hard for me to shake. Some thoughts, it, it, they can be negative, whether it's something that a boss has said or someone has said, a friend, a family member, a child has said, but sometimes thought, thoughts, when they come, they, they land, they, they're in our thoughts, and we, we remember them, and they're hard for us to forget and let go. Depending upon the thoughts that enter our mind, we have to determine what we're going to do with that thought. So we have options. Even though the thoughts are in our mind, we have to decide, what, what am I going to meditate on this negative thought? Am I going to meditate on what my, my wife did or, or what this person did to me or what my child did or, or what my friend did? Am I going to meditate on that or am I going to move on and let that thought go? Cast that thought aside. Yes. A thought uh that aligns with the word of God, that's a good thought. So if we look at Philippians 4 and 8, Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, 
Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So God lets us know in his word what we should meditate on. And that is the good things. We should meditate on good things in life. And I know I've had times where it's easy to get a certain stories and they can be negative and not, not good that you want to share with others. But we should be, God says, this is what I want you to meditate on. And there's a reason that he wants us to meditate on things that are, that are true, that are noble, that are just, that are pure and lovely. Because don't, what we meditate on gets deep into our heart. So it gets in our heart, and not only that, so it lands in our mind because we heard someone say it, or maybe we saw something that was disturbing, and it may cause a thought to arise in your mind. Wonder what happened, or wonder why that happened, and sometimes those images remain in your mind as well. But God, he, he knew that already from the foundation of the world, and he, he, so he gave us a word. He, everything that we need is in the scriptures. And so he told us, this is, what you, this is what you need to meditate on. In case you are, are struggling with thoughts or wrestling with negative thoughts, you need to meditate on true, things that are true and noble, things that are pure, that are just, that are lovely, that are of a good report. That's what we need to meditate on. So we can't allow our mind to be that information dumping ground for negativity. Especially if, you, if you're working on a job. I remember those days of being constantly here and having employees come to you. They're whining, complaining. Other leaders whining, and complaining. And it's easy to fall into that with them. But we have, we have to not allow our mind, because it's too valuable, our mind to be that dumping ground for negativity, for bad news, for ungodliness. We don't need that in our mind. So when those thoughts enter our mind, we got to know that you can't stay and you're not welcome here. We should obey 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Again, that's an answer to everything that we need in the word. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If it's in anything coming against the word of God, if it's anything coming against um, righteousness that's within you, any thought that does not, is not in alignment with the word of God, we need to, get, we need to cast it down. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Some thoughts are memory that are things that are in our mind. They can linger and they can hinder us from moving forward in the things of God. So we have to, it, it, so it's a, it, it's not, it's not always easy to cast down negative thoughts. It's not, not always easy to um, uh, look at someone in a better light when you, you've got those other thoughts going, oh, I remember that, and oh, I remember that that they did, and oh, I remember how they did that. So it's hard for us sometimes to move past, even if it's a, 
let's say, whatever it may be in your life, if you're not a good relationship with your parents, not good relationship with friends or family, it's sometimes hard to move past that when you see that person. But because we are in Christ Jesus, because we belong to Christ, God, the, the things that we do have to line up with the word of God. And so it's not as the world. We can't be as the world. The world may not forgive. The world may not forget like they need to. But we as Christians, as God's chosen ones, we have to forgive and we have to forget so that we can move forward. Because the word has already told us, you know, if we don't forgive others, guess what? Our father's not going to forgive us. If we don't forgive others, guess what? We can't forgive. He's not going to forgive us. So, so as we do, that's what God, he does unto us. So, just a little bit of information. Your brain contains billions of nerve cells arranged in patterns that coordinate thought, emotion, behavior, movement, and sensation, and probably many other things. Millions of nerve cells. Can you imagine? God created us. Millions. And they're living, so they're moving around. They're moving around doing things. And it says that it's a complicated highway system of nerves connects your brain to the rest of your body so communication can occur in split seconds. Who does that but God? Who can do that? Wasn't an explosion, I can tell you that. So... As we continue on in this lesson, just remember all them billions of little cells up there, and, and God has them as a, in a, it says a complicated highway, and some of them it said it arranged in patterns, these cells, and they have certain functions that they should do. So you see how God made this world. It's so amazing. Our body is made up of all kind of moving cells and beings, and then we in this world are moving people and we are moving and working and doing in the trees everything has a function in this world so someone can say or do something that may hurt us and it can cause us not to be able to let go of something that happened in the past and I heard Pastor Dobbs mention that he said it's that's a benefit of the Holy Spirit to heal us Thank God that we have the Holy Spirit that can heal us. The Holy Spirit can deliver us from those memories that we can't shake loose from. We can be in a church, but we can be stuck on things that have happened in the past. We can be a minister. We can be stuck on things that have happened in the past. They can continue to hinder us from reaching that expected outcome that God has for us. Sometimes we get stuck but we decide to sit in that spot and be stuck. I've been stuck before. I've been stuck to the point of you can feel depressed. You don't want to do anything. I've had those moments of feeling stuck and fighting, having that wrestle going on, going on. okay, God, I know that I don't, I don't want this right. I don't, this does not belong to me. You said that we can cast our cares upon you. I'm doing that. Why do I still feel this way? What is still going on? Help me to move on. 
just like it was discussed on Sunday when, the, when, the, when we get stuck. If you think about a vehicle that is stuck in the mud, it's not an easy task to get it out. It takes some work. So when it, you get stuck sometimes, you're going to have to work. It may not come out the first pull, but you're going to have to keep on putting that word on it because God's word is powerful and it's sharper and God's work, word works. His word is living. It's powerful and his word works because God cannot lie. So we must heed the word which says in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. This mind, this mind, this indicates to me that we can have a mind that isn't like Christ. He said this mind. So does that mean there's this mind over here and there's that mind over there? So there's different minds that we can have because it said let this mind be in you. This indicates to me again that we can have a mind not like God. It indicates to me that there are other minds that we can have. Though, but we must allow the mind of Christ to be in us. We have to allow it. We have to, God, God we are free moral agents. We have to allow God. God's not going to bombard us or overwhelm us, force us to do anything. So we have to have the mind to want to do what Christ wants us to do. We have to have a mind to want to obey what the word of God says. So if we allow the mind of Christ to be in us, then we will remain focused on our God-given purpose. How many know that's what it's about? We're not just here on this earth to party. We're not just here to have fun, but we can have fun. But we are here to fulfill the purpose for which God has for us. We need to know what our purpose is, and then we need to fulfill that purpose. Jesus didn't allow anything to prevent him from doing what he was sent to this earth to do. Many distractions came his way, and the result is the same. He would put the distraction or the disorder behind him. One example of a distraction that came to Jesus was in Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time, you know, Jesus began to talk to his disciples, and he was beginning to tell them that, look, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to be um, many things. He's going to have to suffer from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. He was letting them know that he would be killed, but he said, I'm going to be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. We have to be mindful of the things of God. We, Christ was always focused on the things of God. He was focused on his assignment, and so he didn't allow anyone or anything else to distract him. Peter's mind may, may not have been where it needed to be. At that, at that time, he didn't understand what maybe what Jesus' purpose was, and it was to die for the sin of the world. But Jesus immediately, he dealt with the situation. In this instance, if someone speaks against the word, it could be that they are being used by Satan. 
We can't speak against the word because God's word is true. Really, if you're speaking against it, you're saying whatever is written is not true. You, and so you're calling God a lie. Nothing to do with the person, but you are speaking against God. So he wasn't going to allow anything to stop him or block him. That's Jesus wasn't going to allow anything to stop him or block him from completing his assignment. At this moment, Peter was not christ minded. In my opinion, he may not have meant any harm, but he was still out of order. Jesus further said to Peter, you are an offense. In other words, Peter, get get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, which means you are a stumbling block. You're causing a snare before me right now. Because God, Jesus did not need to even think about or meditate on anything that would go against what God had told him his assignment was, what he had come to do. So the fact that Peter spoke against the word of God, and Jesus had just spoken out of his mouth, but he rebuked Jesus. We can't do that. We can't do that. In other words, we should not speak against the word of God. He might not have understood that He didn't understand that Jesus had to die. He had to die. This is the purpose for which he came. God's word had to be fulfilled. And we know Numbers 23 and 19 says God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23 and 19. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Peter, this, has, this had to happen. You can't stop it. Don't speak against what must happen. You may mean well, but you are being used by Satan right now. Get behind me. Jesus was mindful of the things of God while Peter was not. Jesus kept his mind focused on the assignment. So Paul reminded us to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus knew that even though he was the son of God, he was really equal with God. He didn't count it as robbery. He didn't count it as, well, I'm I'm, I'm equal with you, but I'm down here. No, he took his assignment and he, he did what he needed to do. He knew he was equal with God. But yet he, was, he came as an humble man before God. He had an assignment, and it was his assignment, and he understood the purpose of the assignment because he knew the outcome, that if he didn't complete the assignment, oh, my goodness, this assignment is huge. Jesus knew that and that he had to fulfill it. He knew that I'm equal with God, yes, but... I'm going to submit to the Father's will. I'm equal, but I'm going to submit. I'm going to come submissive to man and to God. But so he made, it says on this, in the seventh verse, Philippians 2, 6 through 9, verse 7. I'm sorry, Philippians 2 and 7. But made, or it's himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. So it said he made or to empty it said. So he, he had to empty himself out. He came 
as a bond servant or a slave, he came as one, it says, willing to obey others unquestionably. Willing to obey. Not, I'm not asking any questions. Whatever he, that he was asked, he was willing to do. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The mind that Jesus had in reference to Philippians 2, he had a mind that was focused on others more than himself. He didn't come to make himself popular. He came to help others. He had a mind to be subservient, which is willing to obey others unquestionably. He came humble, brought himself low. Even though he was a king, no, I'm coming as a servant. He came as a servant, and he came obedient. Obedient. He was obedient. He came to obey. So he wanted to obey what the Father had instructed him. Again, Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind, do we see how our father, the mind that he had, do we see the mind that Christ had? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the mind that we should have while serving others. God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. God exalted him. He didn't have to exalt himself, but God exalted him. God is the ultimate provider, and he shall give us exactly what we need when we need it. Just like he exalted Jesus, if we, don't, if we come low, God will exalt us. So God knows what we need. He is the provider. He sees and he knows. I've noticed in God's word that when we do what God says, then he blesses us exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever we ask or do. So that's the kind of God we serve. We know in Deuteronomy 28 and 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. That's what we have to do. To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. That's the reward for being diligent in obeying the word of God. Our reward, God, God sees and he knows. So God sees further than our actions. God sees what's going on in our mind. He knows what's going on in our heart. He knows what's going on in our lives. So when we do what God says, then he in turn will bless us. Sometimes... We may allow our emotions, feelings, negative thoughts to guide us, and this can result in our lives not heading toward the best outcome. So there's an outcome for us, and there's a responsibility that we have. We're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for those billion little, little um, cells up there, okay? They're in your body. We're responsible to make them do what they should be doing. So... 
in the book of Esther, there was a man named Haman. So let me go back for just a minute. So there's, there's an example in the scriptures of someone who did not, he, he allowed his feelings, he allowed his emotions to pull, to lead him in the wrong direction. He, he became selfish. His, his, mind, his mind was not right. His mind was not in line with doing anything right. And it's, it's, it's such a good example of what happens when, and we can see it in the world now, when we allow thoughts in our mind to just run away. It's in our mind, and I'm going to keep it there. Whether it's lust, you know, you have to be careful. You see a good-looking man, woman, you have to be, you can't sit there and meditate on that. You better turn your head and do whatever you need to do. Go get you a donut or something. Because you cannot meditate. We can't meditate on that stuff. And, and, and we have to, and, and it's really a mindset. You have to make up your mind, I am not going to participate in that. And when, as we mature in Christ, then our thinking should change and more align with what God's word says. So we have this example. God has, again, I'll, if you want an answer, you have a question, look in the scriptures. It's in there. There is an example of someone who allowed his emotions, his feelings, how he thought, what he saw, take him down the wrong road. He allowed his selfish thoughts to lead him down a road of destruction. Now, in the book of Esther, there was a man named Haman, and he was full of wrath. Why? Because Mordecai, when he would come to the, to the king's gate, he would never acknowledge him. He wouldn't bow, and he wouldn't uh, reverence him at all. Everyone else did, but Mordecai did not. And so for some reason, that just really got up under his skin. Now, I don't know what made him think he was so special. I know he was a, a over a king's, a hit. the king had him over many provinces. But what made him feel that, oh, I need this man to honor me, or I need all the people to honor me? What, what is it in our mind that would take us there that, oh, I can't believe she didn't say nothing to me today. I'm going to bottle something. I can't. But what is it in us when, when we have those kind of thoughts or, oh, they, you know, in our mind? What, what is that? Is that something in our heart that's not right? Is some of them sales out of line up there? A couple of them. You got like billions, it says. So maybe like a hundred of them, you know, they, they say, uh-uh, we, we've been abandoned ship. What is it? What is it going on when we allow um, our emotions to drive us. And that's what happens if you look at man. Man will, a uh, sinful man can have an idea that, you know, I hate. I, or an example is in a car. As a person, you're driving in a car, and then somebody pull out in front of you, and then you're so mad that you pull your gun out, and you want to shoot at somebody? Really? What's going on with what's going on in that heart? What's going on in your mind that even would want to make you think that way? Another human life. All it is is a car. No one hit anybody. Why, how can you just take a person's life who they can never go back to their family? 
How can you do? What is in your heart? What is in your thoughts? How did you allow yourself to come to that? When you were born into this earth, you weren't created that way. Where did you get that anger? Where did you, where did you get those tendencies to have that anger in, that, in your heart that I, I'm not letting go to? I'll solve this right now. Oh, many little bitty things. Where did that come from? But it happens every single day. But we as Christians cannot be there that way. We have to obey the word of God. We have to deal with ourselves. Deal with ourselves. Deal with our attitudes. Deal with our emotions. Because I mean, me, me remember often and still do. I'm like, oh, and I've said it multiple times, but I, I've had some emotions that would rise up when things, certain things will happen, and I'm like, God, why do I feel that way? Lord, I'm giving that to you right now. I, I don't want to keep that, because if you have a sore and you don't tend to it, guess what's going to happen? It may start out small, but eventually it's going to grow. Guess what? Then there's infection coming out. Oh, now it's going to spread. If you touch it with the other hand, you might get an infection on that hand. It's the same with sin when we don't deal with it. It's in our heart. It's in our mind. We don't deal with it. It spreads. So now not only you, you, if you can't deal with that, what will happen then if you chase them, you kill them, you may go kill somebody else. Or you, you, when, where does it end when there's anger, when there's hatred? Hatred is a, a poison that leads to other hatred. It leads to more hatred, no more anger, more sin, more unrighteousness. But not us as Christians. We have to deal with it. God get, told us in the word what we need to do. So here's Mordecai. Mad. Mad with, excuse me, here's Haman. Mad with Mordecai. Mad, angry because he wouldn't bow. But Mordecai Worship God. So he wasn't about to bow down to Haman. So Haman took it upon himself, spoke to the king, and the king agreed with his plan to destroy the Jews. Now, Haman took it another level. Not only was he mad with Mordecai, he decided, well, I tell you what, I can't put my hands on him right now, but I'm going to just, we'll just take all of them folks, all of his people, we'll just destroy them all. So here's the letter that went out, Esther 3 and 13. And the letters were sent by couriers into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all the Jews. Really, y'all? Really? Really? What in the world? This is what he actually had the scribes pen. He wanted them to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. What in the world? Another human life. And it was all the Jews. And listen, not only that, both young and old, he didn't care it was your grandmama. He didn't care it was your aunt. He didn't care who it was. Little children, he didn't care it was your niece and nephew. It didn't matter. Women, and all in one day, and on the 13th day of the 12th month, which the month is the month of Adar. 
and, and to plunder their possessions. So then they was going to take their stuff. Anger, hatred, this mind. Look at this mind that he had. And where did that start? Was it when he was a young kid? Who knows? When he was a young man? Where did that start? Where did that anger, that hatred, that now maybe it was just a little anger when he was little. And I've said this, this when I was working. I've had adults that would have a temper tantrum right in the waiting room. Didn't care who was listening. A grown man. Have a fit. I mean, I was like, really? Yelling, you know, yelling, screaming. I'm like, really? And this is in my mind. I remember when this man was standing there, I kept thinking, I can see him when he was two having a little fit, and they let him get away with it. That's all it was, because that's really what it looked like, a grown man having a little fit. I mean, I'll tell you what, but guess what? God's word works. I said, okay, sir, I'm, I'm going to get this taken care of. Never raised my voice. He, he couldn't even holler no more. He was like, okay, then, thank you. I'm like, exactly, because God's word worked. But you go back at him, guess what? You done, hey, you done heaped some wood on the fire. So, Haman, mine took him there to kill, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the Jews. All because Mordecai would not bow or reverence him. So he had self-righteousness. He felt he deserved it. Let me tell you what Romans 12 and 3 says. Romans 12 and 3, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The Lord tells us what we need to do. We don't need to run around with our mind, mind like, oh, I'm, 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 look, I'm, I'm senior minister. What you doing? We, we need to be, God came, he said, he didn't think it robbery. It's not robbery, robbery that I'm equal with God, but I'm down here on the earth, and my heavenly father is there. I don't think it's robbery. I'm going to come, and I'm going I'm to serve. I'm going to make myself low. I'm not going to make a reputation of myself. But so what, what, what makes us think we're so special? What is it? So then... Haman, here we go. In Esther 5 and 11, then Haman told them of his great riches. So he was all proud. There were several things that happened in this story. Had, um, and I'm just skipping around. But Haman went home and he told his family of his great riches and the multitude of his children. So he was just constantly bragging everything in which um, everything in which the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the officials and servants of the Lord. So, okay, we thank God for promotion, and we should be grateful to God for that. But Haman had a different mindset. He was just boasting and bragging, and he wasn't grateful to God. The results of Haman's mind taking him on a roller coaster ride was that all of his plans backfired. So he had a plan. And that's, I just love that story in Esther because Esther, she was a smooth. She handled that. She in, prepared this great feast 
or this great feast for Haman or celebration. And when he came, he thought he was the one to be celebrated, but ended up that he was told on. He was exposed before the king. So Haman got exposed. His mind, he, he was so evil that he wanted to get rid of Mordecai, so he built a gallow, and it said it was 50 cubits high. He was building that for uh, Mordecai. And the thing about it, what was so sad as well, Haman's wife, she the one told him, let me tell you what y'all to do. What in the world? We can't be that kind of help me. Please, let's not be that kind of help me. She's like, yeah, what you ought to do when, he, when Haman come home talking about Mordecai because he wouldn't bow to him. She said, you ought to build a, you know, build a gallows and, uh, so that you can hang Mordecai on that 50 cubits high. And she, was just, she gave him that suggestion, didn't know. So that showed you something. You can listen to your husband. You can listen to our, we can listen to our husband and wives, but guess what? It need to line up with the scripture because what Mordecai built for someone else to take their life, he was building it for himself. He built that for himself. And he ended up being the one who got hung on those gallows he built for another man. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh, Romans 8, 5, and 6, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnal minds not going to get you anywhere. Carnal mind mindedness will not get you in the right place. You'll get somewhere, but it's not where you're going to want to be. So he had that carnal mind. He was all in the flesh. That's why we can't follow the flesh. That's why we need Jesus Christ. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to live in us so that it can help us to do what we need to do, help this flesh to do right. Help us to do right. So we have to have God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to us. And the Holy Spirit as well um, speaks to us in our mind as well when we are about to do something we should not. It'll, it can tell, it'll tell you now, I don't, I don't know, you, you might not, you don't do that. Or scriptures rise up. I know many times a scripture will pop up. I'm like, okay, okay, that's what I need to do then. So we need the Holy Spirit because this flesh cannot do right without the Spirit of God. And then we have to be yielded to the Spirit of God. Now, as I close, as Christians, as ministers, as servants of God, we will, can, should not allow our thoughts, our thinking, our emotions, our opinions, or our view on different matters in life to be carnal. We don't need that carnal mind. A, car a carnal mind is a terrible thing to waste when God has given us the best way of thinking. And the best way of thinking is to think in line with his word. 
all that we need is in his word. It's in his word for us to apply in our lives. We can apply, we have to do, we have to do and obey the word. So we, we can speak what the word says and that helps us. We can think according to the word and we have to do what the word says. So we must let, we must allow or allow this mind to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.